love the energy that a new year brings. And how about the fact that it's the first day of 2022 in our brand new building? Come on, somebody. What a miracle we are standing in. What a dream come true. But I love the new year because it's just like exciting. It's like new beginnings. And we often think of ways that we want to see 2022 better than 2021. Anybody in the house want to have a better 2022 than a better 2021? How about a better 2022 than a better 2020? Come on, we're moving forward. Can I get an amen, somebody? And kind of the normal way that we deal with that is we make New Year's resolutions. Anybody making any resolutions? Pastor Jim spoke about goals last week. We make some resolutions. And so I did some research on the World Wide Web, and I found some pretty amazing resolutions if you haven't made yours yet. And here's what they are. Are you ready? My goal for 2022 is to accomplish the goals of 2021, which I should have done in 2020 because I promised them in 2019 and planned them in 2018. Here's another one that's good for you and kind of one of the most common ones. We always want to be healthy and get in shape. It says, in 2022, I choose to get in shape, and I choose the round shape. That's for me. Come on, anybody feeling round after all those holiday meals, those carbs, you're a little swollen? In 2022, I'm going to spend only the money that I actually have. I think that's a good strategy. Don't be using your credit cards in 2022. Here's another one. In 2022, I'm going to post a selfie that actually looks like myself. Y'all know y'all are using those filters and those face apps. Just be you, baby. You is beautiful. God loves you. And last, in 2022, I'm going to stop buttering my donuts. Like, apparently, that's a thing. People butter their donuts, Krispy Kreme and butter. I'm not, I'm not really sure, but if, for those of you that butter your donuts, you might want to quit in 2022. I love New Year's resolutions, but again, I did some research and found that only 8% of people that start New Year's resolutions actually make it to the end of the year. So I don't mean to to burst your New Year's resolution bubble, but good luck with that. See, the problem with New Year's resolutions is that they require me to fix a problem that I caused. It's all about willpower and what I can do in and of my own strength. Church, if we're going to have a better 2022 than 21, we're not just going to need better willpower. We're going to need a higher power. Come on. We're going to need to elevate the way that we see things. We're going to need to see things the way that God sees them. Acts 2.17 says it like this. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people, on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. See, God is saying in the end times, which I believe we're living in. So in 2022, there are some things that God wants to do. Can I get an amen? His main job is that he wants you to see things a certain way. He wants you to see things through the lens of God. He wants you to see some things so that you can be proactive in the solution. It says, your sons and your daughters, my servants, both men and women, 
I am going to pour out my spirit on you. Isn't that good news, church? It says my sons and my daughters. So, so that means I need my whole church to have some vision. So this vision isn't reserved just for the pastors or for the staff or for the small group leaders. I need my whole church to have some vision. And then they will prophesy. They will speak what they see. They will dream dreams. And then I will show my wonders once they see. See, God wants you to live a life full of vision and excitement, full of dreams. And I wonder if you're not here this morning, you're a Christian, your eternity's set in heaven, but the truth is you're bored stiff. You're just going through the motions like I'm here paying my bills, I'm existing but that's not the life that God has called you to. Church, it's time to get our vision up. It's time to get our expectations up. It's time to get our dreams up. The title of this message is Dream Again. Y'all say, Dream Again. Say it again. Say, Dream Again. Good. Now, to land this scripture, if you have your Bible apps, you can turn those on right now. Or if you have your Bible here, we're going to be picking up in John 20. Chapter 20, 19 through 23. And, and before we, we dive in there, I just kind of want to tee it up to where we're at because context is always important in the Bible. So at this point, Jesus has already been born. He's came to planet Earth, the Son of God. He's lived on planet Earth for over 30 years. He has called 12 disciples to follow him, and they have followed him. They have given up everything to follow Jesus. They watch him perform miracle signs and wonders. And then, of course, we know that he suffers a brutal death and, and dies on the cross. And, and then his, his disciples are kind of running from their lives, and they're meeting together. And we pick up in John chapter 20, 19 through 23. And it says, On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them. Can you imagine that? You're like locked in the room and bam, Jesus comes through. The doors were locked for fear of Jewish leaders. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed him his hands and his sides. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And then he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. I love that. I love that Jesus breathed his breath on them, his vision, dreams on them. I love that. But the first thing I want you to notice here is at the beginning of the story, the first thing I want you to see is that the doors were locked for fear. See, the disciples were meeting together, but they were afraid. So the doors were locked. Now we read this story and we already know the ending. Like we read the Bible and we know that Jesus was raised from the dead, that he didn't just establish an earthly kingdom like the disciples wanted him to, but he established a new kingdom. But at this point, the disciples don't know that. All they know is that their dream, their earthly Messiah, the thing that they had given up their life for had just died on a cross. And I wonder if some of us aren't here this morning and after 2020 and 2021, some of the dreams that we had have died and we don't know what's going to happen next. So we are standing in that room with the door shut to the dreams in our life for fear of what might happen if we open them. It says on the evening of the first day of the week when the di disciples were together with the doors locked for fear. 
See, the disciples didn't just lose their dream. They were being hunted for their very lives. So no wonder the doors were locked. You know, it says that Jesus came through the doors, but I wonder if before he came through the doors, he didn't knock on them. The word of God says that the Lord stands at the door and knocks. I wonder if he isn't knocking on your heart this morning. But maybe those doors are so so closed tightly because you're afraid of what's on the other side. You're afraid that what's on the other side of that door might actually kill you. But God is saying, open the doors of your heart this morning. I am here to establish a new kingdom. I am here to do something different, something better. It's just like Pastor Phil has said. He is here to restore some dreams this morning. And when God restores, how many of you guys know it is always better than it was before. If we want to dream again, we have to recognize that number one, dreams are birthed in the presence of God. It says that Jesus came and stood among them. Can you imagine being in the presence of God? Oh my goodness. Well, guess what? You can experience that every single day. You can be in the presence of the God, the creator of the universe, the the person that put the stars in the sky. You can be in his presence. We have to allow ourselves to be saturated in the presence of God. See, we have access to the creator of the universe, but I wonder why we never tap into it. I wonder if we're not just too busy. You know, I I feel like there's just this epidemic in Christians where we treat God kind of like a Advil or a Tylenol, you know? Like when something hurts, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it or I'm gonna go to him and pray. But that's really not who God is, right? He he wants you to be in his presence. And then I wonder, maybe we're just too busy. Anybody busy in the house? Maybe we're just too busy chasing that American dream. Come on, somebody. And there's nothing wrong with the American dream. Like, it's a good dream. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it can be a good dream and not be a God dream. Come on, I don't want just the American dream. I want God's dream for my life. I want his dream for my life. We have to get in the presence of God. It's like Pastor Jim said in our Christmas service, you're searching everywhere for happiness, not realizing the joy and fulfillment dreams only come in the presence of God. Nothing else will satisfy you. Nothing else will ever satisfy you. That's why 21 days of prayer and fasting are so important. Like I wanna encourage you, do anything you have to do to get there. (laughs) It will change your life. Does that mean you might have to ask your boss off early or to come in late? Absolutely, that does mean that, do it. Test God, try him. See, well, I promise your boss wants you to come back filled and anointed. Come on. Your kids, they might have to come to prayer with you. It's okay, my kids have came to prayer every single morning. You want your kids in the presence of God. You want them conditioned to be a soldier in the army of God. Come on, somebody. Prayer is the difference between the best that you can do and the best that God can do. I don't want to do everything in and of my own strength in 2020. Come on. We need to realize that dreams are birthed in God's presence. The second thing that we have to realize is that dreams go from inspiration to participation. It says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So 
God is literally telling his disciples that he is sending them. That means they've got some stuff to do. Come on, somebody. And, and, and God is saying that to us this morning. He says, I, I am sending you. See, dreaming again, pursuing our faith means taking steps and moving it forward. That's really what faith is. Let me tell you, I used to read faith and I would think, you know that song, wishing and hoping and dreaming and praying. You know that song? I used to think that that's really what faith was. Like it was just this, this big pie in the sky hope for the future. But, but now I've learned that it's not just some pie in the sky. Faith isn't pie in the sky. It's work in the dirt, baby. You got to put your feet forward and move that dream forward. It takes participation. Listen to me. When I was pregnant with Scarlett, I was so excited. Like literally, it was my first daughter, and it was like a dream come true. And, I, and so Kevin and I, it was our first time to have a kid. And so we prepared, right? Like we picked out the perfect bedding. I mean, it was, it was greens and pinks and everything looked phenomenal. And then we read the book, What to Expect When You're Expecting, which doesn't prepare you at all for being a parent, but read it anyway, because it's good for you. Um, then, then there came this point, I'll never forget, where I'm standing in the bathroom. I'm about eight and a half weeks pregnant. So I'm big and pregnant. I cannot even see my toes. And there's just like this point, and every mom knows what I'm talking about, when you realize this thing has to come out of me. Like this eight to 10 pound baby, six to 10 pound baby has to be birthed, come on somebody. And it's just, it's kind of this scary moment in your life when you come to that realization. Okay, and so then the day comes and I start to have contractions. And I'm telling you, those contractions hurt so bad. I was actually in active labor for three days before they would admit me into the hospital. We went the first day to the hospital, and this is, I, I promise I cannot make this up. This is a true story. We go to the hospital, and they say, oh, you're not in active labor. And you know what they do? They gave me an Ambien to go home and take and said that I would fall asleep and, and the active labor would stop. Has anybody ever taken Ambien? Okay, it's supposed to help you sleep, but if you don't fall asleep, <laughs> let me just tell you, you trip out. And so I am pregnant in active labor on an Ambien in my house. And Kevin, I'm saying, I'm still having contractions. And Kevin looked at me, he says, you're not in active labor. I said, I am in active labor. He said, you're not in active labor. I said, if you don't take me to the hospital right now, I am going to kill you, you know? Finally, they admitted us to the hospital only to find out that I had to have an emergency C-section. I was so afraid. I was scared. But can I tell you, when I saw that baby, oh, when I looked at that dream come true, come on. Birthing a child is scary. <laughs> come on, it's, it's, it's dangerous sometimes. But can I tell you, when that dream is realized, oh my gosh, it is so worth it. And I wonder if some of us aren't here this morning, we're pregnant with some God-sized dreams, and, and we want to see the realization of those dreams. See, everybody wants the realization of their dreams. Everybody wants the realization, but nobody enjoys the preparation. You got to put feet to the dreams that God has given you. See, everybody wants realization, but nobody wants to endure the frustration. Come on, if you want to see your dreams come to pass, there's some relational frustration, like Kevin and I arguing, that you might have to walk through. See, faith is what you prepare for. 
So what are you prepared for? You have a dream for a business? Hey, that's awesome. Show me your business plan. Come on. If you want a better marriage, I think that's awesome. I want a better marriage. Show me your date nights. Show me your counseling appointments. You feel called to write a book? Come on. I think that's great. Why don't you come join the communications team? Why don't you show me what you're writing right now? If you're going to heal people, come on. I believe this is a house of miracles. I believe there's people that are called to lay hands on people and heal them. Come on, I believe there's people that are going to speak things over people. I believe this is going to be a house where we're going to see miracles, signs, and wonders. You know, I hate the cynics because they're like, oh, I don't believe in miracles, signs, and wonders anymore. And I'm like, well, let me ask you a question. When's the last time you laid hands on somebody at the gas station? Come on. God is always speaking. If we believe that's what we're called to do, we have to put feet to our dreams. Dreams are burst in the presence of God. Dreams go from inspiration to participation. And number three, dreams are unlocked in the simple steps of obedience. Pastor preached on that probably about three weeks ago, but I just think it's so important. See, the disciples, they had to go and do what God had called them to do. They had to walk in submission and obedience. I'm sure walking out of that door and traveling didn't feel super holy at the time. Submission and obedience are so important. And there's one other story that I just can't preach a whole sermon on. I can't go a whole sermon without talking about David. How many of you guys know David? Oh my goodness, I love David. I love preaching about David. Uh, he was a man after God's own heart. That means he understood something about accessing the power of God in his life. So I wanna read something about David. I love talking about him. The other thing I love talking about David about is that he slayed giants. Ooh, yeah. We all like talking about slaying giants. Come on, you got some giants you wanna slay in your life? Come on, about that marriage you want to see healed? Come on, what, what giants are you, are you trying to slay? I love talking about giants. But as I was preparing, God just, just kind of struck me with something. Like, I want us to all be giant slayers, but I think that the reality is some of us are never going to get there. See, in order for David to get into position to slay the giant, he had to walk in some obedience. Okay, I'm going to read 1 Samuel 17, 17. And at this point, David had already been anointed king. Like, he already knows he's a boss. Okay? And, and his, his brothers are out, and they're in the field, and they're at war. And his dad, Jesse, who rejected him, asked him to go and bring loaves of bread to his brothers. And it says, take the ephah of roasted grain and the ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Now, he, he's the anointed king. Come on. So David, he like has a choice to make <laughs> at this point. See, he already knew that he was anointed king. He could have said no. <laughs> he could have said, I'm too good to bring my brothers some loaves of bread. But of course we know what happens. He walked in submission and obedience. He went and brought his brothers the simple act of bread in serving them. And he got the opportunity to slay the giant. See, I wonder if some of us are focused on being giant slayers and we forget that it's the simple acts of obedience that unlock God's supernatural in our lives. Come on, you're at this church. You want to preach? I think it's awesome. Why don't you join the dream team? 
You want to bring transformation forth in your life. You say, hey, I don't want to deal with anxiety, depression, or fear anymore. That's awesome. Get into a small group. It's the simple acts of obedience that unlock God's supernatural in your life. Come on, you're saying, God's word says, if you're faithful with a little, I will entrust you with much. So you're saying, God, I want a new car, Lord Jesus. Give me a new car, Lord. That's my dream for 2022. Let me ask you a question. Is the car that you have clean? You're like, dear Lord Jesus, I want some new threads for 2022. I think that's awesome. You want some new outfits, ladies? I'm with it. My question is, your closet organized? I'm preaching to myself right there. I'm not looking at Kevin. I just have a blackout right here as I say that. Here's another one. You want your team to grow? You're, you're a businessman. You want to see your team thriving? You want to see them multiplying? My question to you is, are you faithful with the team you have right now? If we're faithful with a little, God will entrust us with much. Dreams are unlocked by the simple steps of submission and obedience. You can tell a lot about the heart of a servant when you treat them like one. And I am preaching to myself when I say that. See, serving people unlocks divine appointments. Let me give you one illustration really quick. So about three weeks ago, I was in the office and Pastor Jim texted me and he said, hey, Everybody was in the office. They were busy, and he was preparing for one of the, of the big Christmas services, and he texted me and said, hey, can you go get me um, some breakfast this morning? He wanted some Chick-fil-A. He wanted 10 chicken minis, y'all. And I'm like, I get this text message, and I'm like, I am a college-educated woman. I am a mom of two, three, if you include Kevin. Come on, somebody. I'm a business owner. I'm a pastor on staff. And I could have stood there and said, I am too good to go get 10 chicken minis. You know what I'm saying? But let me tell you, I've learned something. I've learned that God unlocks some things. So now it's like, ooh, what can I do? How, how, can, I, how can I walk in obedience? And so he, he's never really asked me to do that before, but I was like, yes, I'll go get your chicken mini. So I got in my car, and let me tell you, I turned on a podcast that I, I wasn't able to listen to in a really long time. And can I tell you that the presence of God saturated my car, and God broke something off of my life. And then I pulled into Chick-fil-A, and when you know, I got out of my car, and a, a business, an old business partner of mine, I run smack dab into. I get to talking to him about business, and he has a team that's thriving, and he invited me to come do coaching with his team. And then I walked into Chick-fil-A, I ordered the 10 chicken minis, and I got myself four chicken minis with that. Come on, God unlocks the supernatural in simple, ordinary acts of submission and obedience. Dreams are birthed in the presence of God. Dreams go from inspiration to participation, and dreams are unlocked in the simple steps of obedience. Last, dreams continue regardless of what is seen. Dreams continue regardless of what is seen. Maybe you're here today. You've had a dream in your heart. You've put feet to that dream. You're walking in, in, the, in the simple steps of obedience and submission, but you still have not seen that dream come to pass. Maybe you're here today and you're like, it's hopeless. You feel stuck. I want to remind you this morning of a scripture from Philippians 3.14, and it says, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. In Christ Jesus. 
I want to remind you this morning to press on regardless of what is seen. Now, some people in the room might say I'm competitive. But I would just like to state for the record that I am not competitive. Okay? I just like to win. All right? And if you think I'm competitive, you should meet my husband, Kevin. Again, he's on the front row. It's always the silent, quiet ones that you really have to worry about because he is a fierce competitor. In fact, he just got finished running a marathon. I'm out of breath just saying the word because it is 26.2 miles Okay, he had never ran a race that, that long before, but God had put the dream in his heart. Isn't he handsome? Look at that man. Woo! Yes, God had put a dream in his heart, you know, to run a marathon at 36 years old that he had never done before. And so he started preparing. So he started to prepare in 2019, and the race was scheduled to happen in 2020. So I'm telling you guys that he was up at 4 a.m. in the morning, waking everybody in the house up. God bless him. Going to run 16 and 17 miles. He was eating right. He started to get in shape. He, he trained for like nine months. And then the day of the race came in 2020, and the race was canceled. How disappointing is that? He was really, I mean, like, he was really discouraged. He, he really wanted to do the race, so he kept training. He said, you know what, I'll do it next year. So then he had a whole year. He continued to train even harder. So he ran 16, 20 miles. He ate right. He even got new outfits. Come on, <laughs> little running outfits, new shoes. Like, he was ready when 2021 came for, to run that race. So he gets to the racetrack area. He gets on the bus with the rest of the, the drivers, and, and the guy gets on, I mean, the, the rest of the racers, and the driver gets on the PA system, and he says, welcome to the turkey trot race. This is going to be a plus-plus race. We're like, wait, what does plus-plus mean? That means they added two additional miles to the race. So not only was he going to have to run 26.2 miles, which he barely, you know, did that twice in training, now they're going to make it 28.2 miles. So he goes down and, and starts the race anyway. I would have walked off the bus at that point. And he runs the race, and he gets to about mile 20, right? So he's got like eight miles to go, and his leg starts cramping so bad. He was sure that he had pulled something in the race, but he did not quit. He kept going. And can I tell you, that man finished his 28.2-mile marathon race. And we all see the picture on social media. We all see the victory and we all applause. But we forget what it took for him to get there. See, if you want to see your dreams come to pass, you have to recognize that not quitting requires enduring pain. It requires dealing with setbacks, with delays. But can I tell you, God never wastes your weight. He's either getting you ready for your breakthrough or he's getting your breakthrough ready for you. Don't quit. You're just like Kevin. You're getting stronger. Your endurance is building because God has got something bigger and greater that he is setting you up for this morning. Delayed is not denial. That's why at Anchor Bend, one of our values is grit is our resolve. Because I cannot quit, I will not quit, quitting is not an option. 
Dreams are birthed in the presence of God. Dreams go from inspiration to participation. Dreams are unlocked in the simple steps of obedience. And dreams continue regardless of what is seen. If every head could bow and eye would close, maybe you're like the disciples. You have followed your dream with all your heart, but that dream looks like it's dead, like it's never going to happen. Maybe 2020 and 2021, they, they just, there's some things, I just believe this with all my heart, there are some things that God has spoken that have died on the inside of some of us. Jesus, the disciples' dreams, maybe like some of yours was dead. He died a brutal death and was placed in a tomb. But I would like to remind everyone this morning that their dream did not die. He was raised to life on the third day. He established not an earthly kingdom, but a heavenly kingdom. He restored their joy, he restored their dreams, and he restored their very lives. I believe that there are some of you here this morning that God is knocking on the doors of your heart and he is whispering, dream again. Don't let go of that dream. I'm doing a new thing in you. I am restoring that dream. And when I restore, it's better than it was before. I need you to grab a hold of this dream again. If that's you, I wanna see you raise your hand. I wanna pray with you this morning. I see you, I see you, I see you. Hands up all over the room. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you for every hand that is raised. God, I thank you for every dr dead dream that you are resurrecting this morning. God, I thank you that no weapon formed against their dream will prosper. God, I thank you that it is yes and amen. God, I thank you that they are grabbing a hold of the things that you've spoken over them, God, and they're just not receiving that dream, God. I thank you that they're moving it forward. They're putting feet to that dream this morning. God, I thank you. Jesus, that they're not going to quit. God, no matter what happens, God, I thank you for what you are doing this morning. God, be with your people. Give them boldness and courage to walk out everything you've given them in Jesus' mighty name. Now, maybe you're here today and, and you hear me talking about Jesus. You hear all this talk about dreams, but the reality is you don't even feel like dreaming is possible for you. Maybe you came through the doors with the weight of the world on your shoulders. I'm here to remind you this morning that that's a weight that God never intended you to carry. In fact, he sent his one and only son, Jesus, on a rescue mission to take the very weight that you are carrying. And he is standing here this morning and he is saying, surrender it all to me, give it to me. If that's you and you wanna make Jesus the Lord of your life, I'm gonna give you a chance to do that. We're gonna say a prayer together, but before we do, I wanna ask you to raise your hand so I know who I'm praying with. I'm not gonna ask you to come to the front. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I just wanna know who you are. If that's you, I want you to lift that hand high on the count of three, ready? One, two, maybe your heart's beating fast. That's probably the Holy Spirit talking to you. Three, 
If that's you, raise your hand high. I see you. I see you. Thank you, Jesus. I see you. I see you. I see you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I want you guys to repeat after me. And I want you to realize it's not the prayer that saves you. It's really the posture of your heart. Everyone, if you'll repeat after me, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son Jesus for me. God, right now, I surrender everything to you. I surrender my hopes. I surrender my dreams. I surrender everything and receive your free gift of salvation. And everyone said, amen. Come on, can you give God a shout of praise this morning? Come on, he is worthy of your praise. Why don't you stand?